The R sound is one of the most common reasons a child comes to speech therapy in the schools. Speech pathologists have lots of ways to help, and still some kids continue to struggle. However, there are some things that you can do at home to increase the likelihood that your kiddo won't struggle with er. So if you have ever wondered what you can do to help your child at home with er, this episode is for you. Today, I will give you strategies that will help for older kids with sound errors as well as the toddler that hasn't been expected to say the R sound yet. So come along for some well-rounded advice in sound development. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush mom, grandma, and speech-language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you will find solutions to get kids to listen better and build strong family connection, feel confident in managing difficult behaviors, and to help your children build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so you can become the parent you want to be. Before we begin, I want to tell you that I am taking a podcasting class, and my homework is to do five free new client coaching sessions And this offer will only be free until my homework is done. So if you're willing to help me out, I would so appreciate it. Therefore, if you have never contacted me, now is really, really the time. More than ever, it is a no-brainer. This is a free hour targeted on the topic of your choice. So thank you very much in advance for signing up. And you can send me an email at hello at thelanguageofplay.com and we will make sure that we get my homework done together and you benefit. Donnie and Karina are my coaching clients and he wrote a review on the impact of getting coaching. Here it is. Dina Lynn has been phenomenal for us parents. She helped us look at our girls' behavior differently. She helped us see them as the age-appropriate explorers and boundary pushers that they are designed to be at their age. Dina Lynn has helped us think differently about how to pay attention to our kids, how to respond in healthier and more fruitful ways. She's got us thinking now about how to work with our girls to help them become the kind of adults we hope they'll be someday. And that is absolutely huge. We can't recommend Dina Lynn highly enough. We'd refer her to our closest friends. I hope that beautiful coaching testimonial helps you decide to take advantage of my five free new client coaching sessions. Well, let's get started. Er is one of the hardest sounds for kiddos to learn to produce. In fact, it's one of the most frequently errored sounds that we have in the speech therapy classroom in our schools. Why is this? 
And what can you do to increase the chances of success early on in your kiddos? Those two questions will be answered now. Why is er so hard for many kids to learn? If you think back to the last couple episodes, we've been talking a lot about look, listen, and copy. The er sound, you can't see. You can have your mouth in an ooh, in an ah, in all kinds of different shapes, and still produce er. Have you ever considered that your lips don't matter that much when you're saying er? There are different ways that you can make your lips and still say the er correctly. The reason it's tricky, though, is the kiddos can't see how it's made. It is listening dependent. They have to be able to listen and process that auditory information and copy what they hear, not with the visual help. And I think that's one of the reasons why it is tricky for so many. So given that, let's move into right away, what kind of things can we do to help our kiddos then learn how to say er correctly early on in life? If you listen back in many, many of my episodes, you will notice a pattern of we need to give our children many inputs before it is that they will be able to have vocabulary to use vocabulary in their daily living. Of course, first they understand it and then eventually they use it. Now, the earth sound is the same way because they have to learn that through listening. And so they need to hear the er sound clearly and many times before it will be a target for them to say, oh, I need to try to do it this way. It is different when they can see what it is that you're doing with your mouth and they try to copy what it is that they see. Episodes 5, 10, 22, 31, and 43 will all be referenced in the show notes as I went back to try to figure out which are the strongest episodes that focus on building listening skills. Now, many of my episodes, other episodes, also talk about listening skills because that's foundational, but those five target listening skills. So I will have them in my show notes for you to go listen to. And then also, this is part of a series. This is the third in the series related to teaching our children sound skills. So this series will also be helpful. And as the episodes become produced and published, I will link those in the show notes too. So if you listen to this, uh, you know, in months from now, all of the links will be there. Otherwise, just the last two will be there. So how do we give good examples of er? How is it that we give all those inputs so that they hear it over and over? Well, here's the practical part. Here's how you do it. When you're playing trucks, or maybe you're playing with animals, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, whoever it is, playing, your sound that your motorboats make is er. The sound your truck makes is er. Your bear growls with an er. So that you get all these er sounds, if you're playing with a cat or, or a dog or whatever it is, if you're talking about animal sounds and you're growling, these are the ways that you have opportunities to keep putting that er sound in. Now, eventually, your child will be able to say it, and then you don't have to stay saying er. Remember that at this time, your child is not expected to copy. You're playing. 
And when you play, you're actually teaching them. You're giving them the inputs by keeping your motor and animal sounds er. And then, of course, loud, soft variations, whatever it is you're going to do. But you, you are playing. And in the play, your child is not thinking about it, but he is noticing. And so you keep on saying that. You will have more option to, to say other sounds when your child eventually picks up her. The next thing is when you are reading books to your child. When you're reading books to your child, this will be the next way that you get more errs in. What you're going to do is you're going to take an easy reading book and you're going to notice where the er, the R's are. And when you're reading the story, you're going to have your radar up for where er is in the story. And you are going to say that R sound a little bit louder. You're going to say it a little bit longer so that it's a little bit maybe obnoxious. And your child may or may not even notice you doing it. But you're just going to give them a stronger, more obvious er sound while you're reading stories. If your child still isn't picking up on er, then go into Google and find, just Google R-filled stories. That would be like the letter R-filled story. And there's many. And then print it off and highlight it so that you can notice it when you're reading it. Record yourself reading it, making that er extra loud, extra long, and even maybe a little pausing around the er sound so that it's really noticeable. It's going to be a short story. And you're recording it so that as your child falls asleep, you're going to be able to play it, and then they fall asleep. And here's what ends up happening. The subconscious brain will think about the last things inputted a little bit more. And so the processing of his brain on what er sounds like will happen with very little energy. If he gets total, and I just say he, but of course girls also make mistakes on er, it is surprisingly just, it's a little more prevalent in boys. So I'm saying he, but of course it's both boys and girls. So if your child gets a little bit like bored of the story, that is okay. If it is kind of just getting obnoxious for them, that's okay. Because when they tune out the meaning and all they're focused on is er, 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 through the story so that it kind of grates on them and then they fall asleep, you're just planting it deeper in their brain. So it is a very effective way to teach er. Now let's say that your child is five years old. They've gone to kindergarten or so and they don't have that er sound. This last example of making a recorded story that they can listen to at bedtime is something that I recommend you do so that they get that sound planted in them and that they will hopefully produce it soon. Now, there are a couple of issues that make this tricky. One, what if you don't say the er sound clearly? <laughs> Many parents of kiddos that have er errors also say the er incorrectly. I will say that it's probably 10%. So that's maybe you're not thinking that's many, but I was. So, so I said it, but 
<laughs> if you wonder if you say that or sound correctly, ask a few people. Ask a teacher. Ask a speech therapist. Just ask somebody, do I say this correctly? And they'll let you know. If your er sound is distorted, ask somebody else to do those recordings. Somebody that's able to make the er really sharp. Who knows? Maybe I will do a recording someday and have it published. One other thing I want to address are those charts. You, you know, you can Google and find sound development charts. And those charts are the average ages that certain sounds are developed. Of course, they draw a line down the average age, or they give you a, an actual age. Er is not like some other sounds in the sense that er can be said often by one-year-olds. And yet there are kids that are uh, 12 or older that are struggling with it still. So the average is just that. It's an average. So I always tell my parents, go ahead and teach it early. Go ahead and expose it early. Because the earlier you do it, the more plastic that brain is and the more quickly they will be able to pick up on new sounds. I would rather you overestimate your child's ability to pick up in sounds and sound play than to underestimate and not expose them. Give them lots and lots of inputs on whatever it is that you want them to learn, whether it be sounds or vocabulary or something else. Now, another tricky thing is when you go to the school and you see somebody like me at the school and you ask the speech therapist about a given sound, let's say er, because that's what we're talking about today. She will have a chart to look at, and the chart is based on those averages. And then to qualify for speech therapy, your child has to score low enough to be far enough away from those averages to get into speech therapy. So if the average time that 80% of children have a particular sound is 7, then maybe your child will be 9 by the time that they are, we call it discrepant, uh, that means far enough away from the norm, enough that they will get speech therapy. Now, that is a very brief explanation, and I've left out some details. But what you need to know is that we don't want to wait until our children get to the point of receiving speech therapy if we can help it. If we can Put er into the ears of our one-year-old when they're driving trucks and er into their ears as a bear growling. And we can emphasize er while they're listening to stories. And we can put an R-filled story in their ears before they fall asleep and allow their subconscious brain to noodle on it for a while. Why wouldn't we? If your family happens to be one that this was an issue for repeated people to receive speech therapy, it's even more important for you to add it into your life. It's not any different than certain families have strong skill sets in music and other families have strong academic um, skills and maybe other people have strong motor skills and they're very sporty and athletic. All of us have weaknesses and strengths. If your family has been one that there has typically been some weakness in speech, do things like this. It will strengthen your kiddos from earlier on. And frankly, it's amazing. It works. 
So in summary, what can you do? If your kiddo is young, use animal growls and motor sounds, and you always be the er, and your child does not have to repeat. If your toddler hasn't picked up on ers, start adding the reading of stories to them with an emphasized r sound all the way through the book. And by emphasizing, I mean a little louder and a little bit longer. And if your three to five-year-old is still saying the sound wrong, just tell them directly, hey, this is how we say it correctly. Listen to my truck. Listen to how I say this bear sound. Listen as I read this story. So that you help them become aware that they have a target that is different. And when they are able to be a listener and you find an R-filled story, I would say go ahead and start that around age five because you're not hurting anybody by doing it. And then as soon as they start to say that er sound, you can stop. And by stop, I mean that you get to have some variety now in the sounds that your truck makes, in the sounds that your stuffed animals make. You can stop always being er once your child gets it. But check in with them often. Make sure that they retain it. And if you are here to the end, you likely know somebody with this issue with the R sound. Maybe it's you, your child, or someone you know. So this reminder is for you. I have those free five coaching sessions to help on whatever it is that you're looking to need some help with. And together you will benefit and I will too as I get my homework done. And as always, if you are interested in just embarking right on coaching for what it is that you want, by all means, communicate with me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com. You can also join my free Facebook community. You will find the links in the show notes below. Remember, moms and dads, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in ways their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com. At